I feel like that's the second thing in a row we've listened to with no knowledge about how to survive in the woods or how to get things out of a plane. Right. Nothing is happening here. I don't understand what is happening. Um, I I will say... The audience does either, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, I will say, as you were listening, I don't know if you noticed, but I, I walked away and I did see that this place is full of just bears. That's weird, right? I mean, we ate one, but there's at least enough to survive another two weeks. Yeah. So I'm thinking, let's go on a little killing spree. Let's kill a couple more bears and make sure that we have enough food for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, let's do it. The next day. Ma'am, please put the knife down. Ma'am. Was that God? What was that? Ma'am, is that a fork? Put the fork down, ma'am. Uh, sir, who are you? You were at the Memphis Zoo. The Memphis Zoo? We were in a plane crash and we're on a deserted forest. What do you mean this is Wait, Annalie. Oh my god. Oh? I, I think we might be in the bear pit at the zoo. I think we're in the bear pit at the zoo. I think we're at the bear pit at the zoo. How does this happen? Only to us. How many Only- did we how many did we kill? We killed all the bears, Annalie. I left one just in case. It's just a cub, though. It's not even a full meal. It's a snack. Honestly, I think we're going to get in trouble for this. I don't know. Oh, my God. I think all we have to do is explain it. They'll see the ramen noodles. They'll see my... Honestly, there's children watching. Look up there. There are children. There's a whole school field trip. They just watched us murder and mutilate these bear carcasses. They've been watching for how long have y'all been up there? Oh my god. I'm so upset. I'm crying right now. Can you hear me crying? Um wow. Uh this has been humbling. And y'all couldn't have said anything. Um honestly, I think we're gonna get in trouble for the oh no, here comes uh, a, here comes a cop. Uh hello ladies. My name is Detective Dan. And from what I understand, uh, you all went on a killing spree and murdered all the bears in this here zoo. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need to take y'all down, downtown, and uh, figure out what all this is about. This is a lot to bear right now. <laughs> well, bear in mind that y'all are about to be arrested. All right, now, ladies, I have some footage that I need to show y'all. Um, let me know when I can press play, and I'll press play. Yeah, I guess go ahead. Go ahead, yeah. go ahead Detective. I, I don't know what to say or do at this point. Do it. Go ahead. Wow, I have so much power. I am the recorder master today because Miami... Um, Miami's home has been flooded. So please send her some money so she can take care of that. Okay, uh, welcome back from the break, everyone. Today we have such an incredible, beautiful, wonderful, joyful, literally brings me joy every time I see them guest. Uh, we have the one and only, the beautiful, gorgeous, joyful, 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 Miss Siren Ma. Siren, say hi to the people. Hi. Um, that was so weak. But anyway. <laughs> 
let's go and just like long day basically a lot of work um you're probably gonna have to mute so yeah because it's gonna okay um i would like to go ahead and get started and we're just gonna jump straight into this why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into the world of drag so when i first moved to memphis i moved here from colorado and i had never really been in the drag scene at all and when i did move here I met my now boyfriend and we went to Drew's for the first time. Well, not the first time, like beginning-ish before pandemic. And one thing that happened was I saw in this order, Brenda Newport, before she took her hiatus, uh, Iris LaFleur, and then my now drag mother, Wednesday Moss. And it was when I saw, I don't remember what show it was, but I think it was between Iris having Waxport on her by Zoe Adams and my mom just like doing her thing, dancing and all that stuff. I just, I was enamored. I wanted to do it <laughs> and I didn't know if I could. Like, so that was a struggle. And then I finally got into it <laughs> after being adopted. Yeah, why don't you talk to us a little bit about like, what was that conversation like? Did they come up to you? Did you go up to them? And then like, what was the moment like when you finally got in drag and like performed for the first time? Um. So originally when I, like I said, when I saw that show, uh, I was already good friends with Mary Gagdalen. And I would talk to her almost every night because like she used to work at Drew's at the time. And we were just really good friends. And I didn't even know she did drag until like maybe a few weeks after. But she was my original drag mom because I asked her, I was like, I'm going to do this. How do I get into this? And yeah. Um, and so, yeah, she was my first mom. Uh, and that lasted all of maybe three weeks. <laughs> And I did my very first open stage. So how that happened was I constantly bugged Iris about being in a show because I didn't know if I could do it. I didn't know if I was allowed to be a queen. I thought I had to be a king. And I just kept bugging her and bugging her and bugging her and to the point where she grabbed me, took me in front of Wednesday who was out of drag and I didn't even know who she was. And I proceeded to fangirl because she was one of my favorite performers. <laughs> and so I did my first open stage with her and it was that next night at karaoke she came up to me and she's like I see a drive in you you just seem like you have such a passion for this and I want to have you as my kid so yeah that's how that happened that is so wild okay because we've so we've had a lot of these people on the pod some of them are, are actually I think all of them are also um our war siblings Wednesday was in season one, Mary Gagdalen and Iris were in season three. They've been on the pod. So you all know about these amazing performers because they really, really are amazing. And what it, uh, Brenda Newport has not been here yet. Maybe we can get her on soon, but it, it is pretty incredible that you come from um, that, like the, the way in which you came about was like seeing these really well-known people and these really great performers in Memphis. Um, what this might be a little too much so share if you want or share if you don't but uh what what brought you here from colorado and did you ever attend drag like did you ever go to a drag show before before memphis oh goodness uh so i moved here from colorado because i was originally doing a program called americorps uh and triple c and i did that for two years straight uh i was in my team leader year and the whole reason i did it was to help people and travel and I was doing the helping people part, but they didn't let me travel. So I quit the middle of that year, moved back to Memphis to be closer to family. And 
before that, I had never really touched the drag scene. Like I knew about Drag Race. My favorite queen from Drag Race is probably between Bob the Drag Queen and Shangela. <laughs> uh, but that's about it. That's all I really knew about drag before I got here. So I was really ignorant to like all drag and kaled, really. Yeah, there is like so much in the world of drag. I was introduced to drag through RuPaul's Drag Race, which I've talked about millions of times here on the pod. Um, but it, it is how I was introduced to it. And I got so interested that I was like, let me go watch some local drag shows where I was. And that's where I really fell in love with drag was like the local scene and seeing like the people perform. Um, so I definitely very much, very much vibe with that story of like not really knowing anything. Uh, what makes our story a little bit different though is that you had have this person who's, I guess, has kind of like mentored you and kind of shown you the ropes. What has that been like for you? Like, uh, actually, let me re-ask the question. The question that I really want to know is like, what do you think has been the most valuable thing that you've learned through having some sort of a mentor uh, or a drag mom? Ooh, that's, that's kind of hard. <laughs> I, I want to say like, I've learned a vast amount of makeup skills. I didn't learn how wrong I did makeup until Wednesday showed me and it was an eye-opening experience. I'm definitely better at makeup now, but um, besides material stuff, just kind of like family values almost. Cause I'm not really close to my like actual family besides maybe, you know, my dad, but um, it's weird to have like a family outside of family, if that makes any sense. Like I, I love Wednesday. I love my sisters, Vanessa and Sasha. I love them both so much. And it's still really weird for me to wrap my head around that, but they have given me nothing but love and just guidance through being nervous through shows. How do you, I don't know, how do you fix your makeup after you cried or like just like random shit you would never think about? Oh, can I curse? <laughs> Yes, you can. Absolutely. Yay. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's basically all I've learned is just family values and how to do make it better. And just like all of the random things you would never really think about. <laughs> that sounds really vague. <laughs> we love a vague moment. Um, I do have, well, first of all, I want to say I completely get where you're coming from in terms of family. I feel like having a drag family has really filled a void that for a long time I couldn't feel and I didn't know I didn't know what to do with it and now I, it feels so much better um I do want to know this is kind of like a, a 180 from the entire topic though now you do host shows and you're very fresh to drag so do you have experience like hosting other gigs before drag or is this like your first kind of moment with a microphone because I know that you do bingo right not bingo you do uh, karaoke right um so I am actually a voice actor when I don't go to like my normal nine to five or do drag. I, I'm used to being able to talk, but not in front of an actual audience. Uh, so when I'm doing like karaoke, I usually just kind of think to myself, okay, just think you're in front of a screen. You're a character right now. These people aren't here. You just have to hear some really terrible music for like a few minutes. It's okay. Um, but really uh, that's all I've had for experience. I mean, I did a lot of public speaking when it came to AmeriCorps, like I said, but that was to a group of maybe three to four people a day. So no, not a lot. Wait, so you said you're a voice actor. I have to know, 
Um, how, how has that experience helped you with drag? I'm assuming that that that's really like made you super confident with being able to talk on a mic. Like what even, what even do you do with that? Like, that sounds so cool. And I'm now I'm sitting here thinking like, how can we make voice acting like a drag thing that we all do? Like, how do we do this? So explain to me a little bit about how this works. Uh, so with my voice acting, I usually do, um, two things. One, I do commissions. So people send me things like, Hey, I want you to read this because you have a really nice voice and I need to send this to like my boyfriend or my girlfriend or a loved one. Uh, another thing I do is a website called ACX. And I basically just read chapters for people if they like my voice, I put a bunch of clips on. They like my voice, they don't like my voice. I get paid to do it either way. But uh, yeah, I've been doing that for a good minute. Um, and when it comes to drag, it's like, it's, I don't know. I think of I think of drag sometimes as glorified cosplay and then also just uh, like putting on a character, like I'm essentially someone else in that moment or in those few minutes I'm on stage. And it's, I don't do a lot of talking really, obviously, but it helps. <laughs> it's like, I'm just acting in my room while also moving. I do a lot of disassociating. <laughs> yeah, that... <laughs> Oh my god, that, that's really cool actually and I feel like Annalie can probably really relate to the voice acting moment because in Annalie's mixes she does a lot of like voiceovers I feel like that'd be something do you do you utilize that in your numbers have you ever done like a voiceover moment for your mixes and stuff um I have actually never done a mix like I I think my first one will be when I go to a pageant in June I have never touched a mix <laughs> Okay, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, so me and Miami, we love a mix. Uh, I think Miami is far superior in her mixing capabilities than I am, but I love a mix. And I love doing voiceovers of my own voice. I don't I don't typically like voice act. I think that is so, so cool. You're actually a very, you have, you have a lot of, um, you're like an onion that smells beautiful. You've got a lot of really interesting things about you. Before we move on to the topic today, which is you are talking about your experience as an AFAB performer and what that's been like for you. I, if I remember, I believe you told me a story a long, not that long, it was a while ago. We were both performing at a Barbie Wire show at High Tone and you were telling me about how you used to be a model. And I am upset. I, I just started uh, like season two or three of America's Next Top Model because I'm I'm like obsessed with it. Um, tell us a little bit about that because I think it's a really interesting story. And again, if you don't want to show, you don't have to. But um, I think it's a compelling part of, of who you are. Oh, goodness. Um, I started modeling from when I was, I want to say, 13 to 14, like really young. Uh, my mom got me into it. And it started off with Barbizon, like they had a whole school I went through for like a solid six months to like learn how to walk, how to do like basic makeup. So that way the people just have to like touch you up and add or subtract. Uh, I learned how to walk in heels, which is why I said I had to test heels now, but <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, I started that and I just, I kept going until I was around, I want to say 19. And up until then, I just had like different gigs. Uh, I was in Japan for about th the last three years of my high school. And so I would do gigs out there. I was a military brat, so that's why I was out there. I'm not rich by any means. <laughs> um, but 
but yeah, I did that for the last three years of high school. And then I just kind of quit because I, it put me in a mentality of like, you always have to look a certain way. You always have to do this a certain way. You always have to be poised and perfect all the time. Like, not going to lie. I missed my figure back then because I was a stick, but <laughs> I like having thighs now. Thighs are nice, but yeah, that was really it. I just, it, it was a really nice thing to help pay for college at first. And then it just kind of became, oh, I'm eating too much. Oh, I'm calorie counting. Oh, I'm doing this. Like it's, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot of reward, but also a lot of like, what's the word? <laughs> like, maybe sacrifice or yeah, about that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a lot. It took a lot at me. Yeah, I think um, the world of modeling, I don't really know anything about it. Again, I mean, what I know is from America's Next Model, which um, is not really the world of modeling. But I do remember that there were always like these horror stories of some of the competitors who uh, did get into the modeling world. And it ended up being a lot more different and a lot more, um, I guess, uh, a lot more negative than they had considered or put them in a more negative headspace than they had thought. Um, but yeah, I, I do want to know, um, what do you feel like there are any like similarities between models and drag queens? Do you feel like you use some of the same skills that you've used in modeling in your drag performances? Uh, yes, definitely. That's actually one of the reasons I was scared to do a pageant at first, because I was also a little bit of a pageant person back when I was also doing modeling. So I have double trauma. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, let's see. Yeah, because pageants, when I was in them, people were like, it's almost like, it's basically the drag world, like being in a dressing room, you hear reads, like, and I've heard horror stories about drag queens, like putting glass in your powder, Kool-Aid in your powder, like coming up and putting flames to a dress, like that's scary. And it's happened to like me and friends I've known for years while we were in pageants, maybe not to that extreme, like no one got sent to the hospital or nothing, but it was very cutthroat, very like, I'm going to win by any means necessary. And it kind of feels that way into the drag world as well sometimes, not necessarily for like a regular gig, but I I haven't been in a pageant. I haven't done anything like that. So that's why I was scared of those. But you get those moments in like mini competitions, like maybe Rainbow Rumble or something like that, or even more. Like I've heard, well, no, I'm gonna take that back because I haven't done more. All I've heard is like hearsay. So n- not gonna say that. But um <laughs> wait, wait, you have to tell us, you have to tell us what yeah, it is. We'll we need to we need to we'll look this is this is hearsay. It is hearsay. It's and allegedly if it's incriminating, we will beep it out. Yeah. This this is if mostly for funny, me in Miami at this point. If it's funny, we will leave it in. Also, yeah, people tell us everything. Every time there's a beep, it is about someone. A hundred percent. Go ahead. You don't have to name names if you don't want to name names, but we we name them, bitch. Oh God. Uh, honestly, I think all I've heard about war is mostly like, oh, this bitch stole my idea, or like, I'm wearing this so that person doesn't wear it the next week, or just like a lot of catty things that I just will remind Girl, we know me. Who that's about. <laughs> I said nothing. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. Uh, Sure. I think in a competitive setting, people can really get into that. People can really get into that spirit of competition that really puts them in a negative headspace. Um, 
I've been there myself. I've done war a few times. I've done a, cu a couple of other competitions. Uh, Miami just got back from National Comedy Pageant, uh, the National Comedy Queen Pageant, and you know she had some some inner demons come out, inner saboteurs pop out. Uh, that's kind of I think one of the elements of competitions is a little bit of like an emotional challenge as well. And it you know it really all depends on how it is that you you kind of handle yourself. Um, that's fairly interesting. I think we're going to come back a little bit later to what your pageant is because I am very curious to what 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 you're going to be doing and like what you're what you're going to be running for. But let's go ahead and get into the topic, which again is your experience with being an AFAP performer. What is an AFAP performer? And tell us about your experience. Okay, so an AFAP performer is an assigned female at birth performer, and that is what I am. Um, basically, I've only been doing drag for. Dang, it's been six months, six months. Holy shit. Um, in my experience, and it's not been in the Memphis drag scene, but more so online and what I see when it comes to like me asking for advice. Like I, I have been on so many like drag spaces on Facebook where I'm like, hey, like how do I do X, Y, Z? And they're like, you're not a real queen. And it's like totally left field of what I asked about. And it was... Honestly, I've heard so many opinions from people in Memphis about bio queens that even made me not want to perform anymore at one point where I've been told, oh, I've never, I'll never be a real drag queen or, oh, maybe you should stick with burlesque or maybe you should, you know, only label yourself as a female entertainer, which I'm not. It's like, it's, it's been a lot of negative comments and a lot of, oh, of an old mindset almost about what drag is. And like I said, I see drag as something that is kind of like cosplay, but more intimate almost. But uh, for me, it's therapy. And that's why I'm like, it kind of hurts my feelings sometimes where I hear comments about bio queens who are like, oh, you don't have to have any struggles. You just put on some makeup and you're good. I'm like, no, I still have struggles, <laughs> still got my problems, maybe not as many as somebody who isn't an AFAB person, but I don't know. It's almost as if I'm discredited as a performer because I am an AFAB person. Because I have also noticed getting out of town bookings, I feel like I have to work twice as hard to get them solely because like, because of that. I, I have tried to work my butt off to get most of the things I get. And it sucks because people have that bias of, oh, like you'll never really get there he'll never be that good like my one of my goals is actually to be the first bio queen on drag race like I would love that that would be probably like the best thing ever and it's happened on drag race UK so fuck anybody who tells me I can't do it <laughs> um yeah it's it's really interesting to hear that especially like you, you were talking about how a lot of the the things that you've heard have been on like a digital space which is interesting because I feel like the digital space is is a lot younger and I feel like the younger like generation is a lot more open. But what is also true is that there's a lot of assholes everywhere and everyone has a stupid opinion. Uh, and I will say I feel like there's a lot of people in Memphis who are very open and accepting. And I feel like I think you're around a group of people who clearly support you and what you're doing. And I think that that's really beautiful for you to have. I don't know how well you know other AFAB performers, but I would advise that you 
like reach out to other people who it's always to me it's like always good to surround yourself or like to also be able to confide in people who share similar experiences as you um just because other people are not really going to understand what you're going through um we had a really incredible guest uh liza she is an impact performer based out of fayetteville um she is amazing she's incredible she's beautiful um, and there's a lot of people I follow. Uh, there's a, a girl named Femme Fatale who's really, really, oh my God, Femme Fatale. Creme Fatale, sorry, Creme Fatale. She's really, really great. Um, anyway, I, I don't know where I'm going with that. But uh, ultimately, we accept you here on Are We Pretty? We believe all drag is valid. Um, Miami, do you have anything to say about AFAP performers? Or, uh, performers? Yeah, what I would like to say is if you don't think that AFAB performers are valid. You can suck my ass. Yeah. Um, okay. I I guess I do want to like keep talking about this experience of you being an AFAB performer um, in Memphis because uh, I don't know if there's I don't right now off the top of my head I cannot think of anyone. Is there anyone else in Memphis who is an AFAB performer that I just cannot think of right now in my life? So from what I know of, I am one of three. There is me, there's Freak Nasty, and then there is Eleanor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I cannot believe that I forgot about Freak Nasty and Eleanor K. Rigby. They are, I, I look, when I first started drag, Eleanor would always come to Jonesboro. She was there all of the time. We performed uh, many times together. I really love Eleanor. Uh, and then Freak Nasty, I performed with her a couple of times. She is really great. She does a lot of really cool things at Drew's. Um, very philanthropic, likes to raise money for, um, I forget what the name of the organization that she's primarily doing. Maybe, you know, do you remember the name of the organization? But love doesn't hurt. Yeah, love doesn't hurt. It, it does. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. Do, do y'all ever like uh, get together, like talk about y'all's experiences together? Um, I talked to Freak quite a few times. I, she was the first person to give me any type of drag actually, because I didn't have anything, <laughs> but she, um, she sat with me. She talked to me about like, oh, this will be easier for you because you don't have to do this or X, Y, Z. And she's just, she's really sweet. She's really cool. And she'll help me with like my hair sometimes. Cause I'm like, I don't know what to do. Cause you know, problems. <laughs> you mentioned earlier that you're going to be doing a pageant um what is it and what can you tell us about what you're preparing for your package i'm actually really excited about it because i was just looking at stuff for it today but it's uh the northeast arkansas pride pageant it is on june 1st in jonesboro it'll be my first out of state uh anything <laughs> uh but the three categories is presentation which is show your colors i'll be doing the non-binary flag uh, for evening gown, I, I'm just going to say I have a really pretty gown and I think it's probably the most expensive thing I will, I will ever own, <laughs> but I'm so proud of it. And my talent is actually something I'm going to be making myself. And it is based off of the, uh, black American heritage flag. So that'll be something I miss Miami is a judge on there. So I don't want to give too much, but <laughs> It'll be great. Um, Saren, do you have any maybe advice that you can give to either new performers who are trying to get out there and figuring out how to do this thing called drag? 
Um, and also, do you have any advice for people who are AFAB and who are, you know, maybe worried about entering this world? Uh, my immediate thing that comes to mind is ask for a booking. As awkward as it feels, I'm still getting over it myself. Like, just ask. The worst they can say is no, and then you can just move on. Another thing I would say is probably learn what you want to do first, because when I first wanted to come into it as a queen, I wanted to be the gothic bio queen of Memphis, and I kind of strayed towards pop. So now that I'm on my hiatus, I'm definitely going to be coming back with what I want to be. So that'll be fun. Um, and another thing I would say for AFAP performers in particular Fuck whoever says you can't do it. Do what the fuck you want to do. And if they don't want to accept you, that's some talent they missed out on. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great advice. And uh, to anyone listening that is AFAB or identifies as AFAB or even AMAB and you want to get into drag, please feel free to hit any of us up. We can give you advice. We can tell you maybe how to navigate the space. Yeah, we are here to uplift the community. Speaking of uplifting things, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be uplifting some listener questions. So listen to the commercials and we'll be right back. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Um, I hope you enjoyed your break. Uh, Siren, what did you do over the break? I know. <laughs> Um, just more pageant shopping, because why not? <laughs> Never can be too prepared. Miami, what did you do over the break? I got high again. That's it. Wow. That's, wow. that's the statement. Speaking wow. of getting high, shall we um, roll up this first question in a big fat blunt and smoke it? Yes, let's throw it, roll it up in a honey blunt. Um, shout out to honey. Here is the first question. What is your favorite movie watching snack? What's your favorite movie watching snack? Okay, for me, this really depends. If I'm at the movie theater, I have to have a combo of three things. It has to be these three things. I have to have popcorn, absolutely. I have to have Reese's Pieces. And I have to have a pib extra. Like those three things together to me make a snack. And I want those three things. So again, that's popcorn, Reese's pieces, and then a pib extra. If I'm at home, then I just really need some uh, stove top popcorn. And that's it. I'm going to have to go with ass. See, I'm a little bougie. I like uh, brie with like crackers and the fig spread that I get from Kroger it is my absolute favorite because I don't really go to the movies but when I do it's usually I'll try and sneak that in my purse but that's about it <laughs> okay brie is literally the best cheese I fucking love brie brie is so good brie is great um okay Miami I'm glad that you like to eat ass when you're watching a movie uh speaking of eating ass why don't you eat out this next question so the next question reads, what are the unwritten rules of where you work? Huh. 
The unwritten rules of where I work. Okay, so in my teacher world, there are so many fucking unwritten rules. It's wild. Uh, so like a big unwritten rule is that you have to say Mr. or Miss to a teacher, which I've always thought was very, very odd. Like, where did that come from? How did that get started? Why haven't we stopped it? Why is it really important? I don't get it. Um, so there, honestly, in, in like the world of education, there are so many unwritten rules that turn into these big rules. And if you break them, it's wild. Like, don't wear hoodies. Why? Is wearing a hoodie really going to stop a student from learning? No, it's not. But we can't do it. Anyway, uh, in terms of drag world, um, I guess it kind of depends on where it is. Like, um, I, if I, I'm mostly performing in Memphis now. And if I do perform in Memphis, it's either at Drew's or Atomic. Um, I've done it a couple of other places, but um, I would say the biggest unwritten rule to me is like, don't touch another queen's or king's or performers. Don't touch another performer's money. Once it goes to wherever they put it backstage, maybe it goes in a box, maybe it goes in a wig, leave it alone. Do not touch it. That to me is an unwritten rule. An unwritten rule for me is in drag, we do what's called a tip bucket. And the rule is if there's money in the bucket, you empty it out. And if there's money left in the bucket after your number, it goes to the next bitch. Because if they put their money in there and you didn't empty yours out, that's too bad. Drag, I'm just gonna start with that first always wear a heel I tend to have issues with that because I hate wearing heels <laughs> uh always wear a heel and always wear a lash and if you're on stage don't walk behind the performer while they're performing on the stage that's a big thing at Drew's apparently uh and then in my day-to-day -day job I have like several so uh, my favorite voice acting be in a quiet place that should not have to be a like actual thing but you'd be surprised how many people put in submissions and it's just loud so fucking loud I feel like those were so lame ah no those are those are, <laughs> those are fine those, those are some of the uh unwritten rules uh there was one that you just said oh yes uh yep 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 we we got we we love lashes here miami will literally set the world on fire if she sees anyone without a lash anyone a baby can't a bit if she doesn't see a baby in a lash she's gonna kill the baby the baby better pop out in a 301 okay your baby better have a top and bottom lash or i don't want to see it and i will call it ugly now speaking of bottom lashes i'm going to flutter my lashes while i read this next question what's your favorite outfit that you've worn in drag and what's your favorite outfit that you've seen the other person wear in drag? I had to change the question in my mind because it was specific for me in Miami. Uh, so I'm, gonna, I'm asking the question again. What's your favorite outfit that you have worn in drag and what's your favorite outfit that the other people have worn, that you've seen the other person wear in drag? If we can remember. Oh, I got one. So my favorite, uh, since I don't have a lot of drag, is a red lingerie, like one piece I got from like Coco and Lola's. And it's this red skirt under it that I put on. And I have these thigh-high fishnet red stockings that I wear with it. It's my favorite. It's my go-to. It's my favorite dance outfit. <laughs> and then I can also make it burlesque without the skirt. And just, it's my favorite. Um, something I've seen someone else wear. Ooh. 
I kind of love Bella DeBall's looks. I think the one that immediately pops to mind is that snake one she did for war. Was it this war? Yeah. It was her redo. That was probably my favorite. It just looked cool. And I'm jealous because I cannot do that. <laughs> yes. Shout out to Bella DeBall for always looking amazing. Uh, it's a bloom. Uh, yeah, you know what? I was going to say when I think of Siren Moss, I think of the color red and I think we are thinking of the same outfit. Um, I believe I saw you wear it when you did Rainbow Rumble when I was there one of the times that I was there and you were there. And it was this really cool, like sexy red outfit. I'm pretty sure it's the one that you were talking about, but it's definitely really great. Um, I also tend to like whatever you do with your hair. You always have like really cool colored wigs or maybe you wear your uh, your natural hair in, a, in, in like a, a cool way. Um, so honestly, whatever you do, I'm into it. Um, as far as, yeah, so that was my answer for you that I've seen you wear. Uh, my favorite outfit that I've ever worn, ooh, I don't. Oh, this does come from War of the Roses All-Stars and week two, I redid my um, Get a Clue look where I did the Reverend Green. And this time in All-Stars, I really turned out what I'm going to say is, is one of my better looks that I've ever had because it was a lot different than what I typically do. I had like this very um, like styled wig. I was like a church lady. I was very poised and I had a lot of fun trying to get this look together. And so that's been, I think at this point, one of my most favorite drag outfits that I've worn. For me, I actually can do this all at once. So my favorite look for both myself and someone else is actually Annalie and I's looks that we did for our merch, which you can find available in the links on the pod. There's a super cute little design moment. It's super fun. I love those looks. I think they're some of the fiercest looks ever done by any drag queens ever. And why wouldn't you want that on a shirt? So go and get one. You can find that in the links in the description. Thank you. Ding. Thank you. Um, speaking of dings, this next question is going to make me want to uh, ding my head against the door really hard. It reads, other than drag, what's your favorite hobby? For me, it's, um, I, well, I guess it all kind of falls back to drag. All I ever do is drag. Um, but like, I really like doing uh, 3D modeling and graphic design. I love um, editing photos. I love doing like all the computer shit that comes along with drag. Um, I like making mixes. I know that's still like drag stuff, but it's technically not getting in drag and doing it. It's like the side work. So that's what I like to do. Miami's also a video gamer, which I think is very cool and interesting and different. Um, you like a video it's game. It, that's T. I do like playing video games. Right now I'm hooked on Final Fantasy 14. It's an online massive multiplayer uh, MMORPG. Uh, it, it's really fun and super gay and everyone on there is crazy and I love all of them. It's very fun. If anyone ever wants to play with me, then hit me up. I also love video games. Just want to point that out. So if you want to play sometime in Miami. Wait, what do you play? I'm more of a horror fan. Like I just redid Eat the Evil Within not the not too long ago. I'm trying to get Elden Ring, but I haven't had the time to like buy it yet. We should all do Phasmophobia. It's this ghost hunting 
game. It's a multiplayer moment where you have to go inside this house and figure out what kind of ghost is haunting the house before it kills you. And it's so fun. I play it with a group of gay people and they're just fucking wild. Um, yes, we should definitely play video games sometime together. And if anyone that's listening wants to play games with us or wants to watch us play games, maybe that's something we should all do. Like, could you imagine Annalie and I in full drag playing games on like Twitch or something? That sounds fun. It, do- it does sound fun. And here's the thing, when it comes to scary video games, I am actually scared. So I oh, really love I really love Resident Evil. I'm obsessed with all the Resident Evil games. Um, but when I start playing, I always have to like pause the game and like, oh my God, I can't do this. Or like I actually scream. Like the games fucking scare me. But I love a scary video game. Yeah, I'm I'm into a, a let's play video games in Drag Woman. I think that'd be really stupid and fun. Did you tell us what your favorite hobby was or am I wild? Oh, um, well, video games, uh, writing. So, like, I'll write poetry and, like, just short stories and weird shit. And voice acting. So, yeah. <laughs> when I'm not in drag, my favorite hobby is... I do really like editing the pod. I think that's really fun. And I like doing all, like, the different things for it. But, again, that is drag. I also really, really do enjoy cooking. I'm not saying that I'm, like, really good at it. Um, I definitely have a lot of room to grow in terms of cooking, but I do enjoy the process of like cutting up the vegetables, sauteing them, finding the right, finding the right flavors. Uh, I hate baking, but I do really, really enjoy cooking. That's a, that's a hobby of mine. Um, also before the pandemic hit and before like snowmageddon, I was running and walking like every single day of my life. So when I'm on like my health moments, I really, really love to go running and I really love to go walking. It's been a while though. So I also like to not be healthy. That's probably my favorite hobby, which Miami can relate. Wow, bitch. Well, Speaking of being healthy, we are going to take a mental, uh, mental break and uh, in the pod. pod. Um, Siren, thank you so much for coming on and doing this podcast with us. Do you have anything you'd like to plug before you go? Yeah, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this. I appreciate y'all. I got to learn about y'all, so I'm happy about that. Basically, just follow me on Instagram. It is S-A-I-R-E-N underscore Moss. But otherwise, yeah, that's it. Yes, we will make sure to plug those socials in. Thank you, Siren, for being here. Uh, I always love seeing you out and about in Memphis. You always make me smile. You're always somewhere that I always happen to be because I guess we kind of run in the same drag circles, which is great. Um, Thank you for being here. And thanks for telling us about your experience. Miami, is there anything you want to say before we get out of here? I know you have your host. Thank you so much, Siren, for coming. And uh, I had so much fun with you. It was really fun talking to you. Um, Anneli, is there anything that you would like to say before we go? That's it. That's how the pot ends. And we're done. <laughs>